All right, Mike Pereira joins us now as we start to segue a little bit into uh, into football. And it, it's something I brought up last week, was furthered by Peter King yesterday, and I think it's a big theme. And I said, Mike, to the people that the first six weeks this year, they're going to long for the old days of officiating because this, this league's going to be in chaos. Uh, and the reason why is, number one, they're all chasing you, and you've created a cottage industry, and now you've stolen the refs all to TV. They've all followed you to TV. So now the really good refs, including the best territory, are gone. So they lose those guys and retirement. So they lost, you can tell me, I think four, maybe five top officials, uh, f- top referees. They've put crews together that are very shaky, and then you have rules that are going to be very hard for inexperienced crews to really decipher, put all that together, and the rest of the regular season should be fun at the beginning. you agree? I do, um, because I haven't seen turnover like this, uh, especially at the referee position. Um, haven't seen it ever. Oh, that's because I mean, of you. you. They're, all you fi- they're all trying to I, find a you. You, know, you created a I cottage mean, industry. No, it, it really was, it was because of last year's Super Bowl, this past Super Bowl, where – you know, NBC had such a struggle, Chris and Al did, with both of those replays and and, and really, quite frankly, got led a, a bit down the road. Yep. They got uh, they had a supervisor in the booth with them, right. an officiating supervisor who told them that, you know, the Zach Ertz play would be reversed to incomplete. Yep. And I was like saying, are you kidding me? Yep. I, I couldn't even figure out why they stopped it. So they went with you know, saying well, let's be honest though, they've all been looking million. they've been all looking for a guy like you. They haven't Carrie wasn't good. That's just what happened. He wasn't good. Now they take Sterator who I don't know if he'll be good or not. He was a great official. He was the best referee in the league. Uh, and I I'll miss him there. And McCauley out and you had two at least two retire, right? So you have at least four out there. I think there's another one who went to T V too, right? Didn't someone else go well, to Well triplet, triplet triplet that's right, went triplet to yeah. ESPN and right. then Hockley is right. the other one that retired. Right. And Hockley you, retired. You know, You've yeah. got you've got you've got first year referees with other rookie officials, yes, which in is the, impossible. Know, in case which which is very interesting and very imp- impossible, this, impossible. Yeah, uh, it, it's improbable that it's going to go smoothly. That's for sure. And then um, some rule changes that are going to be very hard to call. I think the rule changes would have been tough for an all veteran group. Um, you know the. I was I felt safe with this new helmet rule until I heard the you know more of the explanation where it applied to inline play with defensive linemen and offensive linemen and to me you know I get it that the rule covers everybody to, but to, but to think that that could be officiated consistently when there's actually no umpire in the area likely to see many of those collisions is unrealistic and I think it puts the you know, officials in the bind too often. And I was guilty of this too, Mike, too often. I was standing behind making rule changes and not really getting the input of those guys that had to officiate them, who would actually explain to me the difficulty that they could encounter. And I I really do think that's the case here because I just don't see how it can be officiated. Look at, you know, history goes back to the helmet rule with the runner and the tackler. And, and you know, and that one we knew was going to be difficult because when you have an open space play, you know, who wins? It's the one that gets the lowest. So is it the runner? Is it the defender? You know, everybody thought, well, gee, there's going to be a penalty called on every play. Well, there was one called in the first year, and it was wrong. Uh, same way in the second year, it was wrong. And then I think none in the next three years after that. 
But with this added emphasis now, and while I didn't want to be an alarmist at the beginning because I didn't think it would be really anything greatly noticeable in terms of flags, I am now because of the fact it's push, 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 so much so on player safety. So I I think we're going to have a struggle in the first six weeks. I, I totally agree, agree with you. I totally that agree. Said, also, the kickoff rule is going to be hard to discern. You know, you got to find out what formation they were in before you know if it's a penalty or not. But we had that. I mean, that was, that was, that was already in existence. They just spread them out a little bit more. I, I you know, I, the, the, what element of the kickoff I think is really going to be difficult. I, I don't think that much of it. Look at no, no, uh, you know, you can't have two man blocks right. anymore. So they've gotten rid of the wedge. You know, the formation thing that receivers can't leave the box until the ball is, you know, touched there or touches the ground. That's probably the hardest one where they can't actually cross their 45-yard line until the ball touches something. That's going to be the only and hard part. how do you feel about appreciate. the definition of the catch now? Well, I, I'm a little bit shaky about that because the, the one element which we are going to hear more often than not, and this is going to generate the conversation, is the plat the pass is complete because of the third step. Um, that that to me, when they put in that the third step, you know that that makes a football move. That is considered a football move. So with that, I believe that's where they will mostly focus on what is a catch or what is not a catch. Now the thing I like about it is. It's applicable to both the receiver that's on his feet and upright and the receiver going to the ground. Well, thank so God for look, that, yes. Yeah, if yeah. you look at the Des Bryant play, right. forget about the ball right. coming out when it hit the ground. He's actually completed the process before he maybe reached, before the ball hit the right. ground, because he actually did get a third step down. So, I, I, believe me, that's the one that we're going to focus on. And so, are we going to see more catch fumbles? Yes, um, I think we probably will, based on this third step notion. Third step can be very quick, Mike, can be very quick when you're officiating it on the field. And when there's a third step but no turn up field, no reach, no nothing, um, again, very tough on the officials. But I, I, I disagree with my cohort, uh, Dean Blandino, who didn't like the change. I think the change is a positive change because it goes more toward common sense. Um, and, and that's what I like about it. Well, that's what you need um, in officiating. Let me ask you this. We're talking Mike Pereira, of course, at Fox, who created this cottage industry that everyone's chasing because you see now that everyone has NBC, ESPN, CBS, all have now officials in their booths uh, because they're chasing the guy who, who is great at it, who built the industry, and that's Mike. Uh, and... The bottom line is this, with all these new guys at referee, in your estimate, how long does it take for someone to become a good referee? Just needing to get how many games under your belt, how many years under your belt before you become a good referee? I, well, I think you have to really look at it in two different ways. If it's uh, a guy that was a referee in college, probably, probably three um, if it's a guy that hasn't refereed before, and then you move him into the into the referee position, 
probably five. Wow. Um, so you think being you know, a referee, even on the college level, will be in a, would help a guy in the pros, be in, say, instead of moving from another position in the pros to the referee, you think it'd be harder transition from that than it would be from going from a college referee? I mean, I think that's why you saw Brad Allen. You know, he came right from the right. ACC and moved right into the referee position. Right. And, and he did pretty well. So, I, I you know. I, so, you it, think if a guy can run a game, he can run a game. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And if the guy knows where to stand and what to look at, gotcha. and he has the feel for position, he still has it. The interesting thing, this is going to pose some interesting um, situations in the postseason because first-year referees aren't eligible for the postseason. Absolutely. And the, so and the crews are going to be so inexperienced also, which yeah, is going to be crazy. But now you're going to end up with first-year referees. If you say that there's 17, now you only have um, 13. I mean, you only have actually 17. You've got four. You've got four, 13 that are eligible. Yep. And then you get guys that don't make the standard. I think you could end up like getting guys maybe in the playoffs that you wouldn't have had, obviously, if you'd have had your veterans still in. You know, Generate people said to me, you, you know, hey, you're Sterator and um, and Macaulay, they retired. They didn't retire. No. I mean, they, they, didn't, took, they would they not took, have retired. They took good if, jobs. If didn't take them, yeah. They and took so good-paying good jobs. Sure. They took big jobs, sure. yes. I think you could safely say they took better-paying oh, jobs. Oh, by far, uh, better-paying jobs, you know. and they took good jobs. Let's be honest. You've yeah. created, like I said, you created a cottage industry. You really have. And why, if I've created it, why have none of them sent me a commission? They should. I they should. You, eleva- you, you elevated the business. There's no question. I check the mailbox every day. Well, they, you know what? They should all get together, and they should do that, because you really have. <laughs> There's no question. We're talking about Mike yeah. Pereira. You have. That's it. But too bad you take a couple of the really good ones, like Steratore, out of the game, because he was the best. I don't think there's any. Well, question. you know, and now you're actually staring down the barrel at Morelli and um, and Carinti right. and Walt Anderson and yep. Walt Coleman. And then uh, so you, you have another four. Yeah, and a couple of them are pretty old. No, I mean, you're all approaching. They're 65 and yep. above. Yep. So you're going to have another, you know, another influx of new referees probably within two years. And um, so that's going to give you a... A, a real young staff in terms of referees, and I can't discount the importance of the referee position. That is the most important position on the field. You love Gene Steratore because he projects confidence. Absolutely. And so Controls people the game. feel good. They feel good about him. Um, and, and that's that's critical. If you don't if you if you don't sense confidence in the referee, yep. then you won't be confident in the entire crew. So you know that's why that position to me is I so agree. Important. Also, especially if you had a good referee who was night, and this guy usually gets a little unsung, but that had a good umpire with him too. I mean, then you then, then you're clicking. Then you're clicking. No question about that. That's you know, and, and the umpire gets overlooked a lot. You know, he really does, and that's a tough job too. You know, and it's interesting now because when you look, for example, Clay Martin is the one that I believe took over for McCauley. Um, you never saw this before, but he was an umpire. And and the reason now that one of the offshoots, actually, of of moving the umpire into the offensive backfield is that he basically gets the same look as the referee. Yep. So they put in, in cases like Clay Martin, they put him in that position, actually had him with Hockley for a while knowing that he would become a referee, and then he gets that same look, which will make his transition a bit easier. But then again, all four of these guys were officiating in college, so they already have that experience. 
uh, is the transition. We're talking about Mike Pereira, and he used to run this stuff in the league, so he knows it, and this is his business too, so he knows it very well. Is the transition tougher now, Mike, than it was, say, 10 years ago into the NFL? Sure, because I think the game's harder to officiate. Um, you know, there's so much technology now, and there's so much exposure to officiating, and there's there's so much more judgment that has really crept into the game that it's just it's faster, it's bigger, and it's harder. And you know, there's a reason why you didn't let you don't let official. It's still the case. An official, no matter what position he works, he cannot work a Super Bowl until he's had five full years in. To go from the college game and the speed of the college game, I don't care if it's the SEC, I don't care if it's the Pac-12, or if it's Conference USA, the speed of the game is so much more dramatic than it is in college that it makes it difficult as it is. And then you throw in a set of rules that change and uh, and get replay more involved to make you a bit more skitterish if you're an official, and it just becomes harder and harder. Mike Pereira with us, of course. Mike, uh, some states, others are right around the corner. You're going to have legalized gambling across this whole country very soon. Uh, and obviously that puts more scrutiny on the officials. And they get more scrutinized than the players because people think, wow, you could have an official who maybe someone could get to because he doesn't make $20 million or he's not a quarterback making $100 million. So people are more suspect about them making calls. How much pressure does this put on the rank and file? I don't think it does, really, in football. Look at, you know, I mean, you, you can't say that gamblers can never get to officials because of what happened in the NBA with Tim sure. Donahue. So, sure. so it's a possibility. But, you know, the one thing that Roger Goodell did on the Tim Donahue thing when I was still there, I remember him walking into my office right when it happened, and he said, Okay, good news is it didn't happen to us. Bad news is, or let's let's not necessarily bad news, let's let's pretend like it did. And so how can we shore up our system to make sure it doesn't happen? So we made changes then, like not giving out games in advance to the officials, right. doing more frequent background checks. But to me, Mike, and I know this is kind of crazy, but I just don't think that any official in the NFL would risk this because they're part-time. And, no, and that I means, agree. I don't think they will. But they how, have, about, how much scrutiny does it put on them just because people are going to be that much more aware of every call and, and now you got more people wagering and stuff? Really, I don't, I don't see it. I okay. mean, people are wagering now. I mean, they're wagering illegally. That's I mean, for sure. I know it's out there. Yep. So I, I, really, I really don't see it having an effect, not playing into their – Psyche. I really. I now may they may they get more criticism if they miss a call, maybe. But they're immune to criticism because they hear it all the time. Do you feel uh, that the competition committee uh, overall this year had a good year or a shaky year? Well, I think they had a good year because they saved the kickoff. Um, I was afraid that the kickoff was going to go away. Um, I was a proponent of trying to treat the kickoff more like a punt, which they did by having the eight players line up, you know, within 15 yards from where the ball was kicked. And so now you're retreating and not coming as full force ahead of each other, at each other like it's been. The kicking team has to be set. They can't get a running start other than the kicker. I, I think what we'll see is, and, and I certainly hope we'll see, um, I think we'll see more kickoff returns. And, and I can't see us having less kickoff returns because 
They got a lot of input from special teams coordinators, and special team coordinators are not going to give input into something that's going to create more touchbacks because their jobs are at risk. Absolutely. So So to me, we'll get more kickoff returns, and if we get less concussions, we have saved kickoff probably forever. Um, if we don't, if we get more kickoffs and more concussions, see you later, it's done. Um, we'll be putting the ball at the 25-yard line. And I think the committee did can, and continues, as a matter of fact, with what I read today, still making possibly some little tweaks. I think they've done a good job of saving that. I personally think they did a good job with the catch. The third step is going to make everything a little bit more convoluted, but Des Bryant's is going to be a catch. Calvin Johnson's is going to be a catch. Jesse James is going to be a catch and a touchdown. So I, I think they put some common sense into the rule, which I do think is good. The I, helmet I agree rule, with that. Yeah, the helmet, helmet rule is going to be tough. The helmet rule is going to be the one that we're going to be talking most about. And and I think the, we're not just worried about the first six weeks. I think the first four weeks in terms of preseason will be something that gives us an indication of uh, just how they're going to officiate. I'm not going to lie because, I mean, I was part of the program and, you know, we put in rule changes and I would say emphasize it more in the preseason to send the message. And then as officials, you back off a little bit when the, um, you know, when the, when the season starts. But those were non-safe player safety situations. Those were formations and things like that. So I, I really do think that the first the first, the four weeks of the preseason will be an indicator of what awaits us when the regular season starts. WFN, WFN, FM in New York at 5 o'clock. We're talking with Mike Pereira Fox, uh, the former supervisor of officials, uh, really the foremost authority on the stuff uh, in the NFL. He has been for a long time. Um, you know, Mike, the one thing that I think might, I always thought was the one thing that was going to hold it back and talking to a couple of the guys who were veteran guys, you know, they all, uh, veteran special team coach, they all said the same thing. They want to do away with this. They want to do away with this. They, they, it's going to save them in the long run. They want to do away with this kickoff. And the, But the one thing I always said to them is, well, explain this to me. How do they run the onside kicks at the end of games, which they want to keep if they don't have a kickoff? I mean, that's the yeah. one thing. How are they ever going to keep the onside kick in play? Yeah, and that, and that to me is a big issue because it goes now if you get away of the onside kick, what did Shiano say? So you go to fourth and 15 and right. you get one play to try to get a first down. I, I hate to change the fabric of the game. That changes the game a lot. Yes. Yes. Oh, it changes it yeah. tremendously. Right. And so – you know, I, I thought I, that always would be the thing that might save the kickoff was just that, you know, the yeah. onside kick. Because, you know, because people know, want the onside kick to be in the sport. You still want it to be right. in the sport. It's been in there forever. You want it to be, even though it doesn't happen that often, it still happens in historic situations. So, I mean, well, it, it, you know, it can yeah. affect games, you know. And, I, and, I, and I've heard that there had been some talk about there, well, you could declare. Right. That you were going to onside kick, right? But that takes away the element. Yeah, of the, yeah. it does surprise, surprise the whole thing. Remember New yeah. Orleans, absolutely the kickoff in the third quarter of the Super Bowl. This is probably so we, a better. So you think this way with what they did, you think you can have a safer kick return? Is what you're talking about? I do, okay. I do, and I, and I think it, I think it stays in the game, and I just hope and pray that at the at the end of the day, that when they look at the injury stats and when it comes to concussions. Then, if they are down, look at you know eliminating the two man wedge is a, is a good move and making it why why is there not all the discussion this type of discussion about the punt 
Well, because you don't get the major collisions that you get, right. you know, when you have people retreating to set up yep. versus heading up field directly when the ball is kicked. So there's there's a lot of really good things that uh, that they have done. I have never ever seen a play one play with so many rule changes within the play. I've never seen anything like that. But it's all manageable. To me, it's manageable from an officiating standpoint, and uh, and and uh, and so I, I I just I'm I'm really I'm really optimistic, and I and I think that's why I give good grades to the competition committee and and even to Alberto Riveron who had to help put this thing together. I think they did the right thing here. And I'll tell you this, and some of Mike Pereira, uh, I also am glad they did not because you kept hearing that this was on the table, the idea of bringing pass interference into a challenge situation, which I think is an utter disaster. I, I, I think it's going to be impossible to legislate. Yeah, I think, it, I think it is. We have to be so careful with replay, you know, because, you know, and I have so much respect for Bill Belichick, but he always used to propose, look at – just let us challenge Everything. anything. We don't Everything. want more challenges, so we're not going to get more stoppages. Just so, Well, that is the most bogus argument that I've ever heard because right now you have less than one and one quarter coaches' challenges per game. You've got automatic reviews um, of changes of possession, of scoring plays, so you have less than one and one quarter cha- coaches' challenges. You let you let a coach challenge anything, and that one and a quarter is going to go to five because if they get the first two right, they get a third. And so it'll drag out the game longer. We'll have more stops, more three-minute delays. And, and I, I just think, as with everything, you have to be a little bit careful about the unintended consequences, and you're going to have to realize that replay. And I remember George Young saying this. He was against it at the beginning. Oh, he sure was. You know, he, he, the replay was never going to fix everything. And that's always going to be the case. And the more you bring it in, and some people say, well, we should expand it because of the gambling thing. No, we shouldn't. Gambling is a risk. You take a risk. Um, players make mistakes. Officials make mistakes. Coaches make mistakes. And you'll, they'll, none, none of those groups will always be perfect, but, if we let replay go to where we have seven stops in a game or eight stops in a game with the automatics, then I, I think from that standpoint, the game's ruined. Thanks, Mike. We'll chat again. Thanks for talking to you during training camp. Appreciate it. You got it. Thank See you. Ya. Mike Pereira, back after this.